And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC, and I have to tell you about today's episode sponsor, folks. You know that we love Full Scale around here. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by FullScale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. We know that. FullScale can help you build a a software team quickly and affordably, and they have the platform to help you manage that team. Visit FullScale.io to learn more. All right, so what else are we going to be learning more uh, about today? Uh, I'm super, super excited to have this guest on the show because we're going to be talking about some topics that I uh, I love delving into. You know, I think longtime listeners of the show know that my episodes, like we love to talk about inequity and breaking down barriers and how can we empower people to become entrepreneurs, you know, regardless of background and circumstance, remove unconscious bias, like all of these very very big topics, but we like to dive deep into them. Well, today we have with us Shiloh Johnson. Shiloh is founder and CEO of Compliance. Uh, they serve the fintech industry. And I, I'm just really thrilled because we're, we're going to be talking about some things that I love to hate talking about. You know, don't like that we have to talk about it, but I love that we actually have some of the, the hard and the interesting and the nuanced discussions. So Shiloh, Welcome to the show, my friend. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you for having me. Excited to meet you. Well, so let's let's just jump right in, and I'm going to tell you. Uh, I, I'm really interested to hear. Tell us about your journey. Oh yeah, broad question. <laughs> I've been to the mountaintop and back, that, to the gutters that, and back. That is sneakily, uh, deliberately <laughs> open-ended question. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, so current days, uh, I am managing a tax platform that helps small businesses manage their entire tax landscape. So everything from like sales tax to licenses and permits to business personal property tax and income tax and all of the in between. I got into that because my background for the last 15 years, I have spent supporting tax teams at various large corporations. So I have undergrad degree in accounting. I have a master's degree in taxation and um, I have just a general passion for finding uh, the puzzles and solving the puzzle, which is what tax is to me. It's like a, a puzzle that, yeah. you know, you find a way to solve. I got into that because I was a young mom. So I had my first daughter when I was 17. And when that's your life, you find ways to be very pragmatic when you think about your career and how you earn money. And so uh, early days, I was working at a company in the mail, like the tax mail department. And I had a mentor at the time and she's like, you should go into tax. Like, you'll never have to worry about having a job. You can make the kind of salary you need to support your kids. And I was like, tax, nobody likes this. (laughs) And then I realized I started doing it, sampling it. They started putting me on returns and teaching me how to do stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, 
I can yeah. do this. And yeah, I don't know, a million years and blood, sweat and tears later, here we are. No, I love that. And I, I, to be perfectly honest, like, so, so I am not an accounting tax person. That's just, it's not my journey. Uh, but I appreciate other people who have that talent and that skill. But one mm -hmm. of the things that I find really fascinating about how you you frame what you do, uh, it's very entrepreneurial. You know, you're talking about mm -hmm. being a, you like to solve problems and you like to, you know, dig deep. And it's, it's really interesting because I, whenever I try to do my own, I don't try, I don't, I actually don't try to do my own taxes anymore, but once upon a time I did. And I just remember sure. being struck by how many nuances and like, you know, there are all kinds of like back doors and things like terminology that I don't understand. And yeah. so, so what I find interesting about your, your journey and your start is, you know, you framed what a lot of people probably think of as very dry, you know, but you framed it as something really exciting, you know, yeah. you, and, I, and I love that you were able to, you know, find that passion and find that hook. Uh, so, so talk to us a little bit about that. I'm, re I'm really interested to hear more about how your mind works around what yeah. you do. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, very logically. So interestingly enough, um, early days when I was sort of working in tax departments and trying to figure out what this work was, I am, if you can't tell by my voice, I'm a minority woman. And so in how I grew up in my community, money is very much a taboo topic. So we don't spend a lot of time at the family dinner plate talking about investments or budgeting or savings accounts. The first time you even understand how to pay a bill, you're probably well into your 20s. Like it's, it's not as common in minority culture, at least in my culture, to talk about money. And so as I started to get in the weeds of accounting, I realized what I had culturally was a superpower. I didn't go to lunch with folks and just like would shoot the breeze about, you know, investment strategies. It was very much like people were just trying to figure out how to survive or stay steady. And so I felt like I could take and elevate groups of people that I was connecting with and bring them into this new way of trying to think about their money. Um, because for a lot of people, money is so traumatic. And that's where I feel like is my superpower because I help folks work through the trauma of understanding dollars and then how to basically simplify, understand, and then break down so that they can find ways to sort of work through the hard parts, which is to me, the brilliant thing about what I do. I think people hear accounting and they think paperwork and numbers, but truly yeah. accounting and tax is sort of code, it's understanding, it's legal, and then it's information, right? Communication, yeah. it's service, it's connecting, it's understanding what you do, how you do it. And then me telling you how you can best do that thing and navigate this code so that you can benefit the most. To me, that's like a superpower. Yeah. No, I, I love that. Uh, yeah. and, and, and again, you, you framed it so beautifully. And what I find really interesting is you kind of have this okay. concurrent thread that, that runs yeah. through what you've been doing. And it's a thread of you know, support and, and knowledge share, you know, yeah. as you're starting out, you're talking to communities, you're, you're sharing information and yeah. then you're creating access. You're making numbers and accounting mm -hmm. and tax more accessible to folks who might not otherwise have that, have access to that kind of education. So you're doing that on the one hand, and then you mm -hmm. have compliant and it's a, it's a platform that again, mm -hmm. like it, it provides information, it provides access, yeah. it makes things more accessible. Yeah. I, do you, do you, did you, were you aware of that like common thread? I'm sure you were. 
That's really my bread and butter. I yeah. I could be just like everybody else, right? And sort of gatekeep the information so that you have to pay me loads of money so that I can do this service for you. I could do that. Or I could open up the opportunity for folks who don't have the revenue or the money to pay for my services and knowledge share, open that up, simplify the language around it, and then throw it out to as many people as possible. The logic to me there is like the more business owners understand the simple parts of organizing accounting, tax, bookkeeping, the things you need to operate your business, the more folks that understand that, the better it is for the economy as a whole, right? Yeah. It's much better to have 10 people who can do, you know, it's much better to have 100 people who can do good business than 10 who can do good business, right? So to me, it's let's grow it. Let's open up the opportunities for more people to get into business, then it becomes less scary. People get to go into business more. They stay in business longer. It becomes less of a sort of trick bag where you have to try and like who you know, who knows somebody who then can like connect you to the thing that then you get the information and access. No, it should be much, much, much broader so that then we can open up access and opportunity. And to me, that's where we win as a whole, as a country. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, you know, the the piece that, you know, we're, we're talking about and we're talking around is the fact that, you know, not only are we seeing micro and macro economic benefit of people being able to open businesses and keep them open mm-hmm. longer, you know, we, we see great benefit from that. But we also see the opportunity to build generational wealth, right? and mm-hmm. especially for communities who have pre- historically been excluded from that that access and that opportunity. And so, so one of the things that I love about folks who make that financial piece like really, really accessible for, for communities, <laughs> like you you had your daughter young but you you said that you were very pragmatic in your like what what do i want to do with my life well you had a daughter and yeah. you know and, and and so you had to make decisions with that in mind but you are now creating opportunities for yourself to create that generational wealth create a legacy for your children while at the same time empowering others to do it that's amazing exactly. <laughs> how does that feel <laughs> oh gosh I don't know if we have enough time. <laughs> I, will, I will say uh, that you have a beautiful smile on your face. Thank so, you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it is amazing. Yeah. Anytime you can sort of crawl out of the gutter and then not just stand up straight, but stand up straight in the sunlight. For um, sure. That's a powerful thing, right? Yeah. For people to be able to see and emulate and watch. And then also for you to honor yourself by honoring your dreams and living them. I wish I had better words for it. It's indescribable. Absolutely. Well, so let me ask you this. I, I want to hear more about Compliant and, and talk to us about the process that led to the origin and the inspiration mm. for Compliant. And then talk to us a little bit about what Compliant does. I, I kind of yeah. you know, gave a few vague bullet points, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I'd like to really drill down into that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll take you back to uh, my corporate accounting days. So I used to work in-house for large corporations and a tax team that would manage all the complexities for large organizations. So think about companies that are across the country, across the world, and they have all of these sub-entities and they have various lines of business. So every time they would open up a new line of business or get into some new you know, opportunity, they then would come to our tax team and essentially me, and I would have to scour all the tax code across the entire country at the federal, state, and the local levels to determine how that line of business was going to be taxed. So if they were going to open up a new brand of shoes in some, you know, area, you know, in, in 20 states, I would have to determine what they had to pay, 
where they had to pay it, how often they had to pay it. And then I would have to apply for those accounts and then maintain them. And so when I left that environment, that sounds exhausting, by the way, (laughs) it was very fun. It's like a, it's like a, you know, seek and find, right? So you're like, okay, very different people. I know it's. I have a very weird personality. I do. I it's it's. So like, I mean, you've, you've clearly landed somewhere where you you know you can be really really passionate, yeah. and and I I don't know too many people with like CPA backgrounds and accounting. You know, who are who are so excited about you, what you do. I love it. I want to give you a big hug right now. Continue. Continue. I digress. So um. So I, I took that experience in doing sort of that process. And I, when I left corporate and I started my own tax practice, I was getting sort of bombarded with all these small businesses. And I started to think through and ask them, like, how, who is doing that process for you? Who is scouring tax code to help you understand what pieces of this tax landscape or this pie that you are responsible for so that you're not having to pay all these fees? By the time they're coming to me, they're two or three years behind. They've got they've racked up a ton of late penalties and interest payments. And I'm just like, so how did you even figure out how you're supposed to like what tax is or what you're supposed to do? And unanimously, every time it was like shoulder shrug. Um I don't know. Google. I don't know. I still don't know. I just I mean, got this notice yeah, and like, I don't know what to do with it. button and then pray. Like, oh. yeah, that's, exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. So I said, okay, uh, we've got to fix that. There's no way that businesses can continue to operate um, at, at least with the ease of anxiety without having some starting point. Right. Like there's starting points for the legal side of things. There's even like a starting point, you know, for marketing or operations. But there's no true starting point for tax. People are just kind of like, you know, and by the time it's a problem, it's already a a financial hole. Right. I was like, okay, I'm going to build something that makes that process for what I was doing in corporate. I want to productize that process and then offer it to as many small businesses and new businesses as I possibly can. So that's what I did. I took my 12-ish at the time, 12-ish years of experience and basically trenched it down to what's called the tax calendar, which in the tax world is basically like every tax type, deadlines, due dates, notes about that tax type, how to pay, when to pay, tax code related to type. So it's this massive spreadsheet of data. And I took that data and basically found an engineer and said, help me productize this data. Here's what I want to do. So as a result, uh, top of 2020, I then was able to basically have some version or what I call version one of what was compliant, which is basically a small business logging onto the platform and entering some data about what they do and how they do it and where. And then the tool returns back to them all of the tax types that apply to their line of business. And then it calendars those tax types out for the entire year by state, by city, by county, and including federal government so that they have one knowledge base for all the things they're responsible for. And then from there, we built some additional products on top of it. So we helped them with budgeting. We helped them with savings. Now we're getting into filing and payment. So the goal really is to complete your entire tax process. We call it just a few clicks to compliance. Just a few clicks to compliance. First of all, that's That's a fabulous tagline, by the way. Uh, Well, and I mean, honestly, like, as you're talking, I just have this dawning realization that, like, I need to have this in my life. Where is compliance (laughs) for me? Uh, But no, that's that's incredible. So, so you get reminders. Like, I, I, that's one of the things that I'm worst at, like, knowing, just even knowing when to pull the lever. You know what I mean? So, so that's incredible. What has the customer feedback been thus far? 
we have lots of please build this thing next and it, we would love it if you could do nexus tracking we would love it if you could do so there's everyone in tax usually has very isolated scenarios and so what they want is some custom thing built for that isolated scenario so they're like hey can you help gotcha. me I have this thing that so we spend a lot of time trying to determine if that one problem is a problem that the masses probably have, and then should we build around it? We also spend a lot of time helping people understand what they do versus what's actually required. Because there's a huge like knowledge disconnect, right? So if you think about what you were saying, like knowledge share, there is assumed knowledge and then there's actual knowledge. And a lot of people like nationally, like culturally, we assume that people just understand the process of bookkeeping and tax, but the, the true knowledge is people don't. So we spend a lot of time educating. People will ask questions like, what is this? How do I do this? How do I know I'm supposed to do this? And so we spend a lot of time educating, a lot of time providing like support to the education and then offering the service. So that tends to be the balance of feedback. It's like education and then please build more things. <laughs> well, and so, so that's really interesting to me because you, you're talking about iterative process. So I'm actually okay. really curious, like talk about some of the the innovations or even the disruptions that you have built into this product. I mean, I know that each business is like a, a, a fingerprint. Like you can't, you're not going to be able to come up with custom solutions for everybody, but what's, what are some of the biggies? What are some of the, the uh, decisions that you made along the way to, to increase uh, your offerings or add functionality? Yeah. Uh, one of them is something we call tax at a glance. So what we were hearing early days was, okay, great. Now I know what I'm supposed to pay. How much do I pay? So if you think about tax like a pie, each piece is a different tax type. And there are yeah. technically 10 types of business tax. So once you understand what pieces you're responsible for, it's figuring out how much of those pieces you actually have to choose. So we then launched a product we call Tax at a Glance, which basically takes the income from the business. And then it, using some logic and some sort of tax code logic, we then help them understand by quarter, here's how much you're going to be responsible for, for this piece. So your income tax piece is probably going to be somewhere around $1,000 this quarter. Your sales tax piece is going to be another $200. And then you've got an annual report due this quarter, which is going to be $400. So we think about it in the way of like, here's your whole pie. And then here's how much we think you're going to be in charge of eating. And then everyone is like, oh my gosh, it's the number one thing we were getting feedback around once we launched the initial calendar product was like, how much do I pay? So then we, that's how, that was our version of productizing that. And then on the advertising side, we took a version of that and we also show them if you don't track and, and do this the right way, here's how much this is going to cost you. So here are the penalties and interest you can expect to pay if you don't stay on top of these things. And we allow them to make the judgment. Like, do I really want to file this sales tax? I don't have to. I tell my clients, I tell the business owners that log onto the platform all the time, you don't have to do anything. You can do whatever you want. But yeah. if you don't do it, here's what it's going to cost you. And so we we sort of give them, arm them with the tools to be able to to make an intelligent business decision for themselves. Well, and and so so you're you're attacking a problem on several fronts, like that knowledge share, you know, cre creating that access, but also. <laughs> Uh, the, there's a really tactical piece there. Like I would imagine, and I please correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine that having like more knowledge leads to more yeah. profit. Like you say, you save money by filing your taxes the correct way <laughs> and optimizing, yep. you know, all of your, like optimizing your deductions, like all of those things yep. that are very elusive. 
to a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs. And I mean, the fact is, like, when we think about entrepreneurs, most of us are not financial people. We got into entrepreneurship because we saw a problem. We figured out how we wanted to solve it, you know, and, and, and often we're, we're, we talk about the fact around Startup Hustle that often we're put into positions and we're asked to do things that are way, way outside of our comfort zone. Is that yeah. your target customer? Like someone who, you know, has a pretty firm understanding of the, their business basics, but doesn't have that deep, deep knowledge of, you know, taxes and finance of, of the, those pieces. Like, would you say that that's your target customer? Exactly right. We love the super new business, the very small business, the I just started it, you know, in my room side hustle type of business. It's all those folks that are just heads down in the weeds of doing what they're trying to do, whether yeah. it's, you know, build a bakery or a food truck or, you know, launch a clothing brand or hair care product or whatever. It's those people that just are like, I just want to do the thing that I care about. Yeah. But you have to do the things that you have to do so that you can continue to do the things that you care about. And so we want to live in that hard place with those business owners to really support them getting through that so that they can continue to do the things that they're passionate yeah, about. Yeah, do the thing that, that, that you're yeah. best at. Well, you know, around the Startup Hustle hallways, we, we always love tools and tips and tricks and best practices that can help entrepreneurs do what they do better. Uh, one of those tools that we talk about a lot is, is full scale. Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the full scale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. Uh, so, so Shiloh, we, we're with Shiloh Johnson, uh, CEO and founder of Compliant. We're, we're talking about taxes, which I got to tell you folks, like generally I don't smile as much as I am and I don't laugh as much as I am right now when talking about like the deep finance topics. Uh, so, you know, hey, Shiloh, thanks for that. Uh, for sure. But, you know, I do want to ask you and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to ask you to indulge me because I'm going to switch directions a little bit. Sure. One of the things that is just so fascinating to me about you specifically is, you know, as, as mentioned, you, you're a woman of color and mm -hmm. you are operating in a space that is absolutely not built for you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and one of the things that you've been really successful at is raising, raising funding, raising capital. Uh, and so, so talk to us, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Like, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want you to like step on toes or violate NDAs or anything, but can you talk to <laughs> us a little sure. bit about that? Because I just, I, I love that piece of your story. Absolutely. I'll start with some statistics. Um, a little known fact, if maybe you're, you've heard it, maybe you haven't, but there are less than, less than 180 black women that have ever raised more than a million dollars. Like 180. Yeah. We all know each other and we're all in a group. <laughs> we chat regularly. You know what? I imagine I, I can't, I, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall. Like I totally understand. I believe, I believe in exclusive spaces and the importance of like safe places, but at the same time, sure. like I bet y'all have some fun and really, really frustrating we conversations. <laughs> we do. It yeah. is. And I uh, wanted to start. 
so, well, so real quick, just just a point of context for our listeners, and yeah. I think we, we've talked about this on the show before, but in the venture capital space, uh, I think the last study they pulled was like 2021, and 2.2% of venture capital funding went to women. Yeah. And then when you when you talk about intersectional identity, women of yeah. color received, it, 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 yeah. this is ridiculous, and I hate that I have to say it, but it was 0.0006% or something yeah. ridiculous like that. And when you're looking at yeah. you know, 50% of the damn population, that is a yeah. deep inequity. It is a problem. Yeah, uh, so I just wanted to to point that out, kind of give a, a little bit of context around the landscape, but please continue, Shadow. Yeah. yeah. So when you think about those numbers, there's two things that has to happen. You have to make a very clear decision as the person driving the little driven bus. Like you have to make a clear decision that says, even though that's what this is, I have to ignore it and plow through. Because if you start to allow those numbers to like be your identity or your marker of success, it weighs you down. Because then you think you have to speak for the entire culture. You have to speak for all women. Yep. You have to like stand in this gap and hold up the space. You don't. The only thing you have to do is be present <laughs> and, and be you know ethical and show up and do what you are you know making best effort to do. And so I, I had to do two things. I had to get super educated about what raising venture capital was and that education by way of reaching out to you know network understanding how to build a network understanding the process of fundraising understanding how to get to a yes i think there is this sort of weird dance that happens in fundraising where it isn't as logical as people may think like i present a business you invest in it that's actually not how it works it's i present a business i build trust i show effort i show that i can do it i show metrics i show subject matter expertise and then i keep building this relationship and over time you have no choice but to invest in me because i have become so undeniable and that's the pattern you have to create over and over and over i think sometimes the mistake we make is we expect the same results that our counterparts might get. So if a white male were to go and present an idea to people he doesn't know, the likelihood that they'll invest is really high off of one conversation because what they have is inherent trust. What right. we do not have is that same inherent trust. So we have to now create a space where we can build it. It sounds horrible because you're like, why am I responsible for building this? But it's how else are we going to get there? Right. If yeah. they're not going to give us the space, we have to create it. And then exactly. I, in my in my space, it was how can I be so absolutely undeniable that you have no choice but to invest in me? It would be and an embarrassment just, not to invest. Yeah, exactly well, right. And, exactly and so you've right. got a couple of you've got a couple of really salient points in there. Mm -hmm. uh, so so first things first, I, I just want to acknowledge and honor the fact that you know when you talk about like the preparation and things like that, like as per mm -hmm. the goddamn always. Um, you know, a, as a woman and specifically a woman of color, you had to do 10 times yeah. the work to see, you yeah. know, the same result. So it, it, yeah. it, that is that is a story that we hear time and time again in this space. Yeah. The other thing yeah. that I want to talk, I, I want to address that inequity just just a little bit. And I'm going to give you an example. Sure. So 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 this is for you listeners at home. Like if you ever want to spark a conversation around the uh, the water cooler, this is how you can yeah. attack it. So we have a landscape where historically we have not seen a lot of investment in uh, black owned business or, you know, Latinx owned business or even to a lesser extent, women owned business. We have we have this culture 
And what, what often seems to happen is an investor will come to you and they're trying to vet you and see like how committed you are. And one of the things that they'll ask mm -hmm. is, hey, did you do a friends and family round? And, and that in and of itself, it, it is a marker of success to most venture capitalists. And it is a huge barrier to historically excluded communities. Because if you come from a, a, a if your friends and family group doesn't have the money to give, then you don't have a friends and family round. Like you could have tried and you could have knocked on doors and walked down streets and you're just not going to be able to, to build a bridge to cross that, that river. You know, is that like, are would you agree, Shiloh? I'm just kind of checking my, my understanding. 100%. 100%. <laughs> so, so th these are really, really important things to think about and talk about. Um, you know, so, so you've raised, raised a significant sum. And I, I think what I have seen is, is 5.5 million. I, I don't know if that's accurate, but our producers are it pretty good. <laughs> it's not, and it's not accurate only because okay. I didn't announce our last round. I've actually raised 12.8. Holy shit. Sorry. Whoa. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Incidentally, we do put Thank the explicit you. warning label on episodes of Startup Hustle, and it's mostly because of me. Uh, <laughs> because I have absolutely no poker face, poker voice, none of that. You just said that, and it freaked me out. That's uh, that's significant. Thank you. Uh, what an achievement. And, you. you know, as you, you you alluded to it earlier, the fact that, you know, as a as a woman of color and I myself as a woman have experienced this as well. Like if you're an only or one of yeah. you, you you become like yeah. symb symbolic of yeah. things and you have a lot of pressure to perform uh, yeah. and, and make sure. But there is a flip side of that coin. You also become representation. You know, you yeah. become a roadmap and a blueprint to success for other people who look, think, and act like you, and even people who don't look, think, and act like you. Um, sure. And that, that's, that's a really powerful thing that you are, Shiloh. I'm going to ask you, how does that feel? <laughs> uh, uh, most days I try not to think about it, <laughs> to try to focus on the business. I don't know that I could continue being, you know, that if, if I allow it to overwhelm me so well so so how about this i will thank you i will appreciate sure. and respect your position uh totally get all right let's talk about the business so, <laughs> so I, i'm gonna ask you to share a little bit of your wisdom if you don't mind sure. Sure. um you know a little earlier in the conversation before the jump we were talking a lot about like taxes and financial empowerment and things like that yeah. so our listeners at home you know they're they're not all going to start their own tax platform but they're all sure. going to file taxes i would imagine i hopefully yeah. file your taxes please pay, pay your taxes uh <laughs> just a little psa from startup hustle <laughs> <laughs> But, but tell us this, Shiloh, what are some, some tips, tricks, best practices, things that our listeners at home can implement tomorrow to, to make the whole process easier? Uh, a simple one um, is to be present. Start paying attention to your money. I think the easiest thing for us to do in managing our emotional and mental health is to ignore the things that cause us anxiety. So the first thing you can do is start paying attention. Uh, check into your accounts. If you're not doing bookkeeping for your small business, start doing bookkeeping, connecting your bank accounts and credit cards, 
Um, if you are doing all of your personal and business spending lumped together in one account, separate that spending out. Again, pay attention to your money. If the sheer thought of money makes you panic, start to look into getting some, some support. A coach, maybe a financial therapist that can help you work through the parts of the financial trauma that keeps you from moving forward with some of your money anxiety. And then most importantly, be kind to yourself. Like we weren't born understanding these complexities. And our education system, unfortunately, doesn't set us up so that we can move into our adult lives understanding these complexities. Um, and so just be kind to yourself. You don't need to know everything and you'll make mistakes and that's okay. Mistakes are a part of learning. Um, but most importantly, pay attention. Don't ignore it. Yeah, well, all very, very wisdomous pieces of, of advice. Uh, I would add, you know, hey, if you are struggling with calendaring, if you are struggling with with pieces of the tax journey, trying to figure out like how you should file, maybe compliant is is an option for you. Just throwing that out there as a piece of advice. For sure. <laughs> well, so so what is what's the what does the future of compliant look like? Yeah. Um, so I mentioned it a bit earlier. Our North Star is a few cl clicks to compliance. We think a lot about how can we make it easy for you to oblige, either file, pay, submit, whatever the obligation is. How can we make it the absolute easiest for you to do it? If we did that, then that would increase the number of folks that actually did it, right? If you, all you had to do was respond to a text that says, yes, please file, yes, please pay, and that's all you had to do to get your sales tax done in, in a quarter, you do it 10 times out of 10, right? It saves right. you time. But when you think about filing your sales tax now, you're like, I got to go pull this report. I don't know if it's accurate. And then uploaded some numbers in here and then maybe calculate some numbers over here and double check this thing. And I'm not even sure what I'm looking at. And then maybe it's right. I don't know. And then you're trembling as you hit submit because you're not sure and you don't want the government to come at you. So our goal is to take that entire like angst and frustration around the process and to just completely subdue it so that we have taken so much off your plate that all you have to do is just agree. And that's what we're aiming towards is just a few We have taken so much off your plate. You yeah. just have to agree. That's it. That is a beautiful mission statement. Man, <laughs> does, it, does it reflect your customer journey? Uh, yeah. You know, how can we make this whole process as easy as yeah. possible? Uh, no, that, that's super. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, no, that, that is very, very cool. Um, so, so talk to us, talk to us a little bit more about, about compliant and the customer experience. I'm, I'm very curious about this. So, so do you have a, is it like a web platform? Is it a, an app? You know, talk to us a little bit about what the user interface is like. Yeah, it's fully a web platform. Actually, version one of the tool was a mobile app. And the very first feedback I got was like, I don't want to do my taxes on my phone. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's smart. <laughs> so and there's, that, there's that iterative process again, like that customer <laughs> feedback cycle. Very, very, very nice. <laughs> yeah, I will say, speaking to that, um, that has been part and parcel of our journey from day one. Even early days before we even had a product, I used to trade my time for the business owner's time. I would say, I'll give you an hour, you know, free CPA time for an hour of your business owner time so you can give me feedback about your tax process. I did that 200 times. That was how I figured out how to build something that people could engage with. Because there is, again, my understanding of tax and then the, the world's assumed knowledge of tax. And I had to find a way to bridge that. So right. in order for me to continue that process, I just had to keep asking questions. And how are you doing your tax? And what do you know about tax? And when you even think about sales tax, where do you go? And so 
asking those questions over and over allowed me to even get to point one. But so we scratched that that mobile app and we went to a web-based platform. And yep, we're on a website, compliant.co, C-O-M-P-L-Y, Y for you, the business owner, A-N-T dot C-O. And then you enter some answer some questions about your business and how you're doing business and what you're doing for business. And the rest is voila magic. Voila, you know, you say all of these like very complex sounding things and then you're like, it's like magic. <laughs> it's like magic. <laughs> you know, I don't know if magic is the word I would use. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. Well, so, so that is, that's really interesting. And I, and I do, I do just adore uh, your, your approach. Um, certainly. So talk to us about the fintech space as a whole. Um, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on on where technologies like yours are going. Um, you know, I, I think that often we we have a lot of of folks in the market trying to create kind of one stop shops, all in one platforms to create ease of use. But can you talk to us about some other tools and some other things that our our listeners might be able to turn to if they're confused about their taxes? Yeah, so unfortunately, there is not much. Hence, why raising money. Why you're such an innovator in space? (laughs) There isn't much. Uh, If you think about, so fintech is a really broad term. We consider ourselves more like the tax tech version of fintech because when you think of fintech, you think of like digital banking, you think of payments and lending, and we are not either of those things. So we lend ourselves in like the compliance, governmental, municipal space, and so we call ourselves more of like the tax tech arm of fintech. And in that space, there's really only a few players. You're either going to file something, pay something, and that's it. Those are really the only sort of options. And you really are only doing that on two platforms, two two well-known platforms. There's like a TurboTax, as everybody is familiar with. If you're a W-2 filer, they, they tend to be the leader in that space. And then there's, you know, TaxJar, if you've heard of them, or some other sort of smaller versions of a TaxJar, which is a sales tax filing tool. The rest of it is like... Shrug your shoulders. We don't know. Um, so there isn't well, a ton of things you could probably but right. <laughs> right. But there are what I what I found on the other side of taxes, like the bookkeeping accounting space. There tend to be quite a few book. I've seen lots of bookkeeping platforms that have popped up and different ways to get your bookkeeping done. And if you're curious how bookkeeping plays into tax, just if you've never done it before, bookkeeping is the process to organize your transactions so that you can prepare to file a form. That's the process of bookkeeping. It's also used for like, you know, reporting and all the other jazz. But the most important concept is how do I organize the transactions so that they then can populate a form? And so that organized process, there are lots of tech products that lend itself in that, you you know, QuickBooks, Xero, FreshBooks, all of these things do the same thing, help you sort of collect payments and then help you organize those expenses. And so that's basically the landscape, but right. Well, you know, real quick, where where can people find Compliant? Yeah, we are all over the interwebs, all on social, like Compliant app. And then our website is Compliant.co. Compliant okay. with a Y. And we, folks, we will make sure to put that info in the show notes. You should be able to click and find out more. And now I want to ask the human question and I want to find out more about Shiloh Johnson. So so Shiloh, uh, the question that I have come up with, we've talked a lot about, 
you know, kind of your journey. We've talked about knowledge share. But one of the things that we talked about in pre-show prep was a beautiful piece of artwork that you have over your uh, your your right shoulder. Yeah. And so, so I'm really intrigued. Talk to us about your favorite. Do you have favorite artists? Do you have favorite pieces of art? I'd love to hear more. Oh. Gosh, um, I am in the early stages of art collecting. I have not entered the space where I know enough about names that I can rattle off. I just have been scouring the like world of the internet to figure out like who's making art and if it's art I like. And okay. I care deeply about the artist, whether it's a woman. I, every piece of art in my house was either made by a minority or a woman. Um, because Same. I care about we have, we have that in common. Yes. <laughs> I just care a lot about supporting the arts. I've literally been in the throes of TikTok, just looking at people's work. And if there's just some random person that's like splashing paint on something, I buy it. Even if it's like 20 bucks, I don't care. It, to me, I'm not looking for like necessarily the value and the investment. Yeah. I'm looking for just the energy I want to embody, which is cultivating the arts. Oh, my you, you and I are actually very similar in that. I So my Instagram, I, I have like yeah. a whole saved gallery of artists. Yeah. Like, I just like, you know, and every yeah. now and then I'll get a little like hair up my butt and I'll be like, oh, time to buy a smart. Uh, so, so yeah, no, I, I, I just, I love that. Um, and I, yeah. I do find that there's a little bit of uh, irony in you having like, so, I mean, so y'all can't see this painting, but it's very striking, um, yeah. you know, but you have this love of beauty and art and you're, you see, you have that creative side and that creative joy. And yeah. then you have this very like practical, pragmatic, like process <laughs> systems thinking side. Like that's, that's really yeah. cool. Uh, well, well Shiloh, you. I got to tell you, you are also really cool. And I want to thank, thank you. you for taking the time to chat with us. Um, you know, we, we've got a lot of listeners and I'm sure that your insights on taxes have made them feel not quite so terrified all the time. Cause I, I, I'm going to admit I'm terrified half the time, but I feel better having talked to you. <laughs> very welcome. My pleasure. All right. Well, friends, another thing that we are very grateful for, in addition to Shiloh Johnson of Compliant, we're very grateful for Full Scale, today's episode sponsor. Finding full software developers does not have to be dis difficult. Full Scale can help. They have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit fullscale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and then let the platform match you up with fully vetted highly experienced software engineers, testers, and leaders, a whole team if you want it. At FullScale, they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. Now, friends, uh, another thing that I am going to, to mention for you uh, around Startup Hustle, we have some pretty cool experty experts to, to interview guests and share founder stories. I'm going to point you to Andrew Morgan's. His episodes drop, I believe, on Tuesdays. Don't quote me on that, though. Uh, but he, he's all about e-commerce and Amazon and helping you optimize your pipelines, make more sales, make more money. Uh, and I know that we could all use a little bit more of that. So, so definitely tune in to Andrew's episodes and keep tuning in to Start a Puzzle. We are very grateful that you come back to us and listen week after week. Uh, please continue doing so. Let us know how we're doing and we will catch you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.
like we do it, like we do it.